to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you very much in the game. And we are live on our Touchdown Trip, the Gridiron Deep South Tour in our hotel room, our suite yeah. as it is in Houston. So much for us to get to today. We're going to talk about the game we were at yesterday. We're going to hear from Simon and Matt, who are in New Orleans. And we're going to talk all about our trip and Sunday Night Football and loads else. This is the Gridiron Show. Okay, welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. And um, yeah, I was going to go through all the interviews we had coming up on this show in the intro. That was kind of my original idea. But considering we've got Frank Gorge, a bullshit, Marshall Latimore and Alvin Kamara all to get to in this show... I couldn't cram it all in, to be honest with you. We've got great locker room chat as well uh, from uh, the Texans. A great story to <laughs> tell really you from there. Story. If you weren't listening to Sunday Night Football, loads for us to get into. Ollie Hunter joins us, as does Ben Mortimer. Hey, Ben. Morning, gents. How are you? What's up, Ben? Uh, I'm is... feeling great. Ollie, not so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ill. Basically. I know. You don't look too good, oh, to be thanks. honest. Well, you look better than you did when I walked in here five minutes ago. So yeah, with my glasses on and hood. Mm. Yeah, Ollie is claiming that he's feeling a bit of the flu. I think he's just feeling a combination of jet lag, like a 16-hour day yesterday, where basically we both got a little bit drunk in the morning at the tailgate <laughs> before going into the press box and keeping very quiet for about an hour and a half. Uh, but overall, a really, really great day yesterday. We're going to kind of break all of that down and talk about the tailgate and everything else, and then we'll hear from... Matt Sherry, Simon Clancy there. On their own version of this tour, they'll be joining us in New Orleans on Tuesday. Um, and then uh, we'll be going on and doing the latter part of the tour. And then uh, we'll also do some Sunday Night Football tracks. We did the game live on TalkSport last night. Um, but what we're going to kind of avoid doing is going into all of the games in full. We did two. We were at two games yesterday. We had interviews and stuff from them. There's loads of talking points to get into from those games. Tomorrow, we're going to have another show for you. Two shows, two days. What a treat. It's going to be the bus cast. Uh, bus pod. Bus pod. Is that better? I don't know. Well, I'm going bus pod. You're going bus cast. Bod. Okay. <laughs> it's the bod. The Brian O'Driscoll <laughs> <laughs> podcast, right? <laughs> uh, so the Brian O'Driscoll podcast. He's not on the tour. Uh, we, with that, we coming up tomorrow. And what we'll do there is we'll break down each of the other games when we've had a chance to actually go back and watch some of them. Uh, and Monday night football as well, because tonight we're going to a bar in Houston to go and watch Monday Night Football Packers Lions Ollie just before we get to anything else how are you feeling ahead of Monday Night Football it's it's (laughs) Brett Hundley it's it's the first time you've not started somebody called Favre Rogers on primetime or just on Monday Night Football specifically since 1994 wow Um, I think we'll lose (laughs) but I don't you know I, I don't see how even in two weeks they would have fixed Brett Hundley's problems. I'd love them to trust him a bit more than throwing for 87 yards or however much it was a, a week or so ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's a couple of uh, other subplots. Vince Bagel and the other... Montrevious Adams, the the uh, rookies, Who? have been activated. Montrevious Adams, defensive lineman. Vince Bagel, the linebacker. Both have been activated. It's a great name, Vince Bagel. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, he's a Wisconsin guy, Wisconsin guy as well. He's he was injured, so he's been activated, and that's with the purpose of trying to establish some pass rush. rush now that uh, Clay Matthews is in the twilight of his career, so uh, that will be exciting to see against that Detroit Lions the defensive Lions are line. On a bit of a slide as well, yeah. and we talked we talked about this briefly beforehand. But Teddy Bridgewater is going to be activated this coming week. 
Uh, the Vikings are 6-2 and two and obviously looking dominant in the NFC North. But their next five games, they're in Washington. They're then at home to the Rams, who were brilliant this past weekend, putting 51 up on, uh, on that Denver Broncos defense. Then they're at Detroit, at Atlanta, at Carolina. It's a five-game stretch where they could easily lose four of those games. And suddenly they're 7-6. and six. Rodgers should be coming back around then. I think there's still some reason for optimism. So you're saying there's a chance? I'm saying... There's a chance. Don't, don't. It's the, cope, it's the hope that will kill me. That was our Monday Night Football preview. I think that'll do for yeah, us for today. Uh, let's, uh, well, are, we doing, are, we doing, are we doing predictions on this? <laughs> yeah, well, go on. Who did you pick on the Gridiron Pick'em game, Ben Mortimer? Uh, well, I actually forgot, forgot to enter last week, so it's not, not a very good uh, question to ask me. But I was too busy planning the last-minute stuff for the tour. That's my excuse. But I, I think it's a pretty it. valid excuse, and it's been great so it was, far. It was, so was, was, was demoralising, because Cherry's at the top every week now. And so I just I, I thought, what's the point? <laughs> um, but I'm, I, I'm convinced he's cheating to the point where I went into the system took a screenshot of the selections he'd made on Thursday and I'm going to check them against what his final results were today and make sure that you know they all line up nice and neatly just saying because he's always it's not because he's not clever enough to predict the games I absolutely believe he could win that game but he's been terrible for the last two yeah, seasons yeah, yeah. so it's just a it's a remarkable turnaround in form, that's all. Or maybe it's just because, I mean, there does seem to be an unnaturally huge amount of, of upsets this season. I mean, from week to week, there's just some ridiculous underdog uh, wins. So maybe he's just really bad. It's just that the season's panning out, so it's actually meeting his badness by... So, you know, so next, very, ben, so, next, so next season it'll go back to normal. It's a great point. It's a, it's a great point. I can't argue with that. Uh, so uh, we are currently... I'm going s- Packers, by the way. Uh, well done, mate. What I'm are you gonna, going? I'm going to Lions. Because so you're wearing a Detroit Lions style. Polo I didn't even shirt. think about that, and I'm going to wear it tonight now, just so I can. And I'm wearing represent. green yeah, there, we there we go. go. We're going to sit on either side of the divide, quite literally. Uh, we always do. We are currently sitting. We are in a suite in Houston. This place is utterly ridiculous. It's a residence inn, and um, yeah, we're, it's we're over two floors. Me and ben, me and Ollie not only have a double bed to ourselves, mm. but a bathroom to ourselves, which I've never known a man to be more excited. Oh. The fact that me and Ollie, who have shared many a hotel room now over the last four years, he gets a bathroom to himself. Oh, it's, it's just great having a bathroom to myself and not having to share it with you. I don't understand what your problem is. Are you in this bed next to yeah, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Will, have you not been tempted to come down in the middle of the night and push Ollie up into the wall? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those foldable, collapsible beds that you get in, in, in mysteries and it's comedy great. films from the from the seventies. Don't. Why would you give him that idea? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've not been yet, but we've still got another night here after Monday Night Football. You did True. watch me sleep the it, other day. It, if he gets, <laughs> I did actually watch you sleep. You did. Threatened to come and watch you sleep. Um, I, uh, I yeah. I uh, now, if you win tonight and you get all cocky while we're in a bar, I might push you up into the wall. We'll have to see how well you're feeling later. I might feel sorry for you because you're not feeling particularly well. But we landed in... Oh, all right, mate. We landed on Saturday night. It was karaoke the opening night. And I think, Ben, it's fair to say, Ollie absolutely killed Bo Rap early on. And it set the tone for the whole evening. Yes, he was by far... I mean, there wasn't a lot of competition, but he was by far the most talented singer in that bar. There was a guy called Technique who had zero technique when it came to... 
karaoke. Oh, and that old guy who kept singing like uh, country songs and Elvis songs and stuff. Yeah. Like every time he'd go up, he'd sing some really downbeat ballad and just yeah. completely drag down the mood of the entire bar. He was, he was, uh, yeah, he was um, the buzz killer, wasn't he? That was his name, <laughs> the buzz killer. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Ollie killed it on bow rap, and nobody else sung the whole night. And that's what we'll say, and we'll move on, shall we, guys? Uh, uh, I think not, Will Gavin. <laughs> what song did you do just because? The barmaids up like dared you to do so. I definitely didn't do right. Said Fred, "I'm too sexy." Yep. Okay. With a German accent, weirdly, that's what was odd about it. Well, like, I'm not sure why he picked that accent, but that has that. I did tweet that a couple of times. So, if oh, you so there is there is actual if evidence. If you haven't of this, seen Greg, it yet, let um, me there is that now. a 30-ish second clip of you doing it with the. Um, the karaoke spin meister next to you doing her sort of rotation she well this is what's ridiculous about it it was that point in the night where a we'd been there for quite a while watching the college games so we'd had quite a few drinks at that point and it was one of those nights where we'd come off the flight and i i was i felt fine for the first few hours and then i just suddenly turned and felt a bit on the tipsy side and that's when i started agreeing to go and do yeah. uh, karaoke uh, we we were pretty much the only people left in the bar at that point there was our big group of guys 20 odd of us and by the way a great group of oh, guys. Oh, yeah, all of them. Really, really having, like, genuinely really good fun. If people, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about what we're doing on this trip, and I'm hoping you're all going to get jealous and come with us next year because we'd love to see more people because this has been great fun already. We're only two days of 11 in, but yep. uh, we, it was us. There was a couple of other groups on the other side of the bar, a couple of smaller groups, but it was mostly us by the point that I, I was singing, right, said Fred. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a video of, me singing with the guy, uh, the uh, it was either Technique or, or Mood Killer, or whatever his name was. <laughs> Buzzkill. Buzz Buzzkill. Lewis, I think his name was. Lewis. Yeah. Um, stood there ch- trying to kind of pick another song while the woman who was running the karaoke, who was really enthusiastic, bless her, was doing some, like, throwing some proper shapes yes, and doing, was, like, yeah. yeah, they were having a whale of a time. We all had a lot of fun. And then Sunday, we went to the Texans-Colts game. The game itself was not a classic. Tom Savage against Jacoby Brissett, T.Y. Hilton doing what he does against the Texans and getting 175 yards and two touchdowns, including that ridiculous play where he wasn't touched. And it was right in front of us. And I was so convinced that he'd been touched down that I opened my laptop back up and started just tweeting about how T.Y. Hilton only has ridiculous games against the Texans. And then the guy about three down from us went, has he been touched as he got back up and ran it into the end zone? So... um, We'll talk talk a bit more about the game itself and the implications, particularly for the Texans. But... I I had a great time at the Houston tailgate. Oh, it was brilliant. Great work, Ben. Thank you. The Lib- Liberty tailgate, as it was we were with, right? They, they are an amazing group, and uh, they, they, I think Texas do tailgating very well, and they take their barbecue very seriously. So, um, yeah, they, they are... Um, they're a good guy, a good, good bunch of guys to hang out with, and I think you could see, you know, surrounding us, it was all people like that. So you're kind of walking through the uh, the parking lot and just smelling amazing food, and that um, sort of those two canisters of alcohol that they were well, so, yeah, so they the had lemonade, and, and and then they had the um, so they had a uh, it was like a margarita, wasn't it? It was like a funky yeah. margarita. It was an orange yeah. and bourbon, though. Yeah, they had yeah. they had a bus with six beer taps down one side of it. They had these two big things of cocktail, which were absolutely lethal. Yeah. They had a, uh, the barbecue on the go, and they had potatoes. And they 16 had 16-hour smoked brisket. Oh, oh my God. My God. I, I, and then with the barbecue sauce as well. Holy when, moly. When I got on the brisket, I went back to the chef, and I, and I just said to him, if you weren't wearing gloves, I'd shake your hand, my friend, because that mm. is incredible. The food was amazing, and the people were all delightful as well. I, I always... 
It's a weird one with Texas because I have had some conversations when I've been in Texas with some kind of real red state people. I mean, there was that woman who one of our party got a photo with who was wearing an I don't kneel T-shirt with an American flag on it. And there's always that slight concern that being the outsider and Texas being kind of the red state and the conservative state that you might get into those kind of conversations. But everyone we spoke to was absolutely delightful. They were te- they were playing um, cornhole with us. We were chatting to them while we were having a drink. Better explain cornhole. Uh, that one. I, think every, I think people, if they listen to this podcast, I reckon they know what cornhole is. I'm going to take a wild guess. We need to get a gridiron cornhole set made, by the way. Oh, yeah, that would be great. The, my garden is about perfect cornhole length, I would estimate. We could definitely get a cornhole set done. Slight um, hill, though. So we'd have to switch around or something. Yeah, well, I'm sure we could yeah. figure out. Yeah, okay. I'm sure we could work out. I, I managed to lob one. My, my plan was to just throw it as high as I could and hope it lands on this wooden apparatus with a hole in the middle. Um, I managed to throw one so high that it went straight through the hole without touching the sides. Yeah. Nothing, Nothing but, but hole. hole. Yeah. It was all... Which is uh, apparently hole. Ollie's uh, plan for this entire trip. So, <laughs> uh, the hole being the toilet while he's being sick into it. Uh, look, it was, it was a great tailgate. It was really good fun. Yeah. Uh, the drinks were great. Shotgun the 30. Were great. Uh, there, yeah, everything that we did there, really, really good fun. And the Liberty guys were fantastic. Now, the game itself, it was a bit of a weird one because we had... The Houston Astros have obviously just won the World Series and there's still that really great atmosphere around the town from that, but they had that devastating kind of 16-hour turnaround between that and Deshaun Watson going down. But actually what I found really interesting is we talked to Deshaun Watson with a lot of the people in the tailgate and there was a real feeling from everyone there that, okay, this was a, a crap situation to be in. He's gone down, JJ Watt's gone down, really, you know, really, really difficult for them to handle. But actually, they were all really positive and all real future is bright and we've seen our guy for the future and we know we've got you know, our defence tied down for the next few years. They could do with some defensive backs. Their past defence was terrible yesterday. But you know, they, they feel like they've, they've got it locked down and they know the future's bright and they're kind of almost looking at this season now like, all right, it's going to be difficult to do anything this year. But I then think they watched Tom Savage play and... It only took two series for the booze to start, and it took about four series for the booze to get cacophonous. They and then and then it became we want TJ. We was, want TJ. Yeah, there was no, there was a, chan- there was a chance of we want TJ. That was coming from the sec- just next to the section we were in, and it got quite loud in the upper deck. We but want it was, TJ. It was, there was some really loud booing, um, and I, I'm not, I don't blame them. That I mean, until he hit the touchdown strike. He was abysmal. But um, even that touchdown throw, it was it was a good it was a good throw from a technique perspective, lovely spiral into the right kind of area. But it still required DeAndre Hopkins to do a huge mm. amount of the work. It was still into double coverage. It still was one of those throws which easily could have been batted away and dealt with. It mm. was it was a great throw, but it was a very risky throw. And maybe at that point, when you're kind of I think he was nine for twenty six for ninety seven yards at one point, and he kind of recovered with the last two drives, and they couldn't get it done in the end, but they came very close to getting it done. Uh, only losing by, what, the four points? Yep. But uh, I, there was a lot of talk around the game and before the game about Colin Kaepernick, and I'm intrigued to know what people think this morning because there's more headlines about it today. Bill O'Brien said in the press conference afterwards he wasn't willing to be drawn on the quarterback situation. DeAndre Hopkins in the locker room told us that, 
You know, they felt like two days wasn't enough to work with Tom Savage. The offense has changed a lot, even though kind of aesthetically it's not that different apart from Deshaun Watson using his legs. So it, they couldn't really get in a rhythm and they're convinced that next weekend they're going to go to LA and be a lot more competitive. That's an incredibly difficult game for them to go and do. But they're all saying Tom Savage, our quarterback. If you can get Colin Kaepernick in the building just on like a six-month basis, rest of the season, let's see if we can get to the playoffs with him and see what happens. But you know it's not a long-term deal. I don't understand what the downside of that is. There is a huge it's, downside, and, and it's mainly commercial. We, the, the, it, there were 71,000 uh, tickets sold. There was nowhere near that in the It stadium. was very Emiratesy, wasn't it? Yeah. Announcing that the stadium was full when it was not full. And it wasn't full. And th- that was people not coming because... Because of the World Series, winning the World Series, uh, it was a very humid day, but of course it was it, it was air-conditioned inside this stadium. But also because Tom Savage was the quarterback. Mm. And I think if Colin Kaepernick is the quarterback, and we saw the the woman who has the, the T-shirt, I do not kneel, I, I really think it would be even more amounts of people not turning up. But it's a huge own goal. Yeah, it is. For I mean, from a football perspective, it, it makes quite a decent amount of sense but just from walking through the lots yesterday um, there is it is a conservative state Texas and there's a lot of people that have that um, that viewpoint um, and I think uh, starting at the top and uh, you know <laughs> yeah. Bob McNair would not necessarily ever pull the trigger on that um, without realizing the repercussions for his I mean you know he, he kind of I think is in line with that with that um, way of thinking so um, it's, it's people in the NFL aren't saying it but there's no question that he's being blackballed due to his political views there's, I mean, there's, 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 there's too many quarterbacks currently in this league that are certainly um, less proficient than him that have a, have a backup job I, I kind of feel like my feeling is that it, I know that Pennsylvania and Philadelphia is a, is a, a less conservative place a more liberal place but it, it makes me think of Michael Vick and obviously I'm not comparing Colin Kaepernick protesting for equality with Michael Vick it feels fighting like dogs. It feels like you're doing But what that. I'm doing is I'm making a comparison between two quarterbacks who, in theory, the fan base did not want in the building. Philadelphia, the Eagles fans hated that mm-hmm. they signed Michael Vick out of yeah. prison. Yeah, a lot of people and did boycott them during that time. They initially boycotted them. Then he took them on a deep playoff run. Mm. And suddenly, he was the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. yeah, and that is kind of, I think, if, if Colin Kaepernick came in, and okay, say he wouldn't play this weekend against the Rams, too short notice. But then they went on a, 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 a three out of four win game tear against the Cardinals, Ravens, Titans, 49ers, which at least three of those games are eminently winnable with the defense they've got and if they've got something going on offense then I think suddenly you'd see that stadium getting full again come week 15, week 16, week 17. If they're competitive in a division where, even though we saw the Titans win this weekend, even though we saw the Jags win this weekend, you could still imagine both those teams being pegged back and it being one of those divisions where a 9-7 and seven type team does win it because they're all taking wins off each other. So, I mean, maybe I'm, oh, maybe I'm being a little too kind to... <laughs> mm. Not kind, but expecting that the Texans will be a bit more liberal about that and... Maybe we just spoke to people who were a little bit more uh, on the liberal side mm. of of Texas life, but I, I just think that from a football perspective, it makes too much sense to me. But but there we go. That was kind of my my feelings on it. And I think afterwards, the the general opinion, Jadavian Clowney, very much you know believe the defense had done their job, even though the pass defense, as I said, wasn't great. And when you've not got a huge amount of pass rush, it was great watching Clowney though. Like there were a couple of times yeah. where he'd get double teamed and he'd just go through a couple of linemen, like they were made of paper mm-hmm. and it was just absolutely ridiculous. But, um, 
that was very much their view on it afterwards. There was a really bizarre moment in the locker room because uh, I went to the Texans, and we're going to get to the fact that Ollie got to speak to Frank Gore in a moment, and my oh, yeah, ire and anger. Yeah, I know you did. All right, mate. Um, uh, and it, by the way, what a lovely guy. The guy is drunk. Uh, we are. Gonna... He wasn't drunk. <laughs> no, <laughs> he but... was just really tired. <laughs> um, look, <laughs> fair enough. The I, I, I forgot about this one actually. Ah! <laughs> I use that one quite a lot. Um, uh, we, we'll get to the kind of cult side of things in their locker room in a moment, but it was. Uh, Deshaun Watson was in the locker room. For the, for, he was sidelined for the game. He was in the locker room afterwards, and it was really interesting to watch him interact with the various members of the offense. He was there. He had a knee brace on, but then skinny jeans over a knee brace, which I can't imagine is in any way comfortable or makes any sense whatsoever. But the youth of today and all that, Ben, wearing their, their fashion and... He's, he's, he's Deshaun Watson. You're not going to doubt his, his fashion sense. <laughs> if it works for him, maybe you're the one in the wrong, Will. I, I, I imagine I am the one in the wrong. Great That's work, fair. He, but he was really, I, I was really convinced. I bought into Deshaun Watson on the field, but really convinced of him as a leader, as a, as a guy with incredible maturity for a man in his early 20s. The way that he went around and consoled the members of the offense, really talked them through it, really was talking up to Will Fuller just how Tom Savage absolutely can win them games this season and really backing Savage in that situation. But there was a brief moment, and I want Texans fans to know about this, because Bruce Ellington was very nearly the absolute villain of the piece. He came out of the shower, uh, and he was carrying a, a large bottle of what looked like either shower gel or some kind of moisturiser, but, you know, one of those big, like, 250-type mil ones that you know has got some heft to it. Walked out and, and looked at Deshaun Watson, went, appreciate your brother, and threw it across the room to him. So it was clear that it was his shower gel or whatever. Except in the process of throwing it across the room to him, passed about eight journalists where Deshaun Watson was completely unsighted by this while stood next to a member of PR. The bottle came flying through the air and it almost went into slow motion as it happened. Everyone kind of realised in the moment that Deshaun Watson hadn't spotted that this was coming towards him. Turned well, around. He normally throws things. He there, doesn't catch well, anything. There was a or an audible intake of <gasps> breath from everyone as the bottle went within maybe six inches of the, the knee brace. I, like, could have very easily. And you could see it had weight to it. You know when somebody throws something yeah, kind of underarm yeah, yeah, and it yeah. gets that really nice arc to it? I, I Genuinely, within six inches of Bruce Ellington probably put him out, putting his rehab behind by another three or four months and him maybe not even making the start of next season. What so. did Ellington do? Ellington genuinely uh, had... It was one of those moments where somebody... You know when someone knows they've done something wrong but they're a bit cheeky about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he had a moment of shock and then kind of giggled to himself and then hid in his locker <laughs> being really... Pod- I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. It was very, very funny. Sorry, why didn't you uh, speak to anyone in the Texans locker room? Uh, because the, the way it kind of worked... I mean, I've got, I, if you really want, we can play in some audio of DeAndre Hopkins talking, Javion Clowney talking, but... No, I'm just asking you a question. They, they, the way they kind of did it was they... Um, they allowed us to talk to these one or two superstars by doing these kind of big mass sure, interviews sure. and you see them on NFL Network where there's like eight cameras around them and, and it's kind of a real scrum and we got in there and I got the mic in for a couple of them Jadavian Clowney pulled a nearly a Marshawn Lynch but in a kind of cheekier more likeable way he kind of went yeah we've just got to get back out to the practice field we've got to keep working we've got to and somebody else another question and he kind of went yeah we've got to keep studying we've got to get on the practice field and then somebody else another question and went uh, we've got to keep practicing and he was having a bit of fun with it and a bit of a laugh with it so it was kind of fine but I tried to get one-on-ones with Will Fuller with Bruce Ellington with Eddie Pleasant who got a couple of sacks uh, on the day but 
we they were just shutting us down left right and center it was very much we're going to do the minimum we have to do and we're going to get out of there yeah, as quickly yeah. as possible whereas the colts locker room considering they're a team who are three and six seeming all uh, all fine and dandy by the sound they were it. they were buoyant they were great they were really great actually um really good fun to talk to i spoke to marlon mack and asked him about what it's like to have his locker next to frank gore and is if it's daunting or if it's in inspirational he says inspirational Gore's helping him as a running back and you'd expect that Frank Gore by the way Will is such a lovely man um, <laughs> but yeah so um, Marlon Mack was, was delightful uh, it might go on the bonus pod the secret pod but we'll, we'll well, shall we hear from Frank Gore? Let's hear. Let's hear from Frank Gore. Let's... It was a walk and talk, by the way. Yeah, this is Ollie's conversation with my favourite running back of all time, only because he's a 49er, but also is a nailed-on Hall of Famer as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. Uh, this is Indianapolis Colt, former 49er Frank Gore. Frank Gore, running back, Indianapolis Colts. Um, congratulations, great win for you today. Thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Come on, let's walk. Yeah, let's walk and talk. I like this. So. Um, uh, how impressed were you with uh, the, the rest of the offense clip? Oh, man. It was a big win. Um, give a shout-out to my little homie, 13, man. Big-time players, made big-time plays when we needed. And he stepped up real big for us. Uh, um, our quarterback, Jacoby, did a great job. Um, I think, you know, we finally turned the corner to, you know, to finish to get the win. You're a better team than than 3-6, and six, right? Yeah, way better. You know, um, you know when you watch, watch the film and see – like the games, what happened? You you won't think we're two and sixteen. Now we just got to keep fighting, keep believing, keep working, and you know, it happened. And uh, tell me, you're eighth on the list of of, uh, of running backs of all time. All all seven above you are going to the hall of, are in the hall of fame. Is that ever something you think about? Uh, not right now. I just know, like you know, um, you know that's 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 not my decision if I'm in the hall <laughs> yeah. of fame. Um, I know um, if it was from the players had to vote to put me in, I think I had a great chance. I think, you know, a lot of guys respect the way I play the game. and So I I know I, I'm not worrying about that right now. I'm just going out there having fun and trying to make, trying to find a way to get one. And I tell you what, it looks like you're having fun. You're catching the ball out of the backfield a lot now. You're, you're making yards after the after contact. You, you're still loving your football, right? Yeah, I still love it. Uh, I'm blessed. You know, that I still can play this game. I'm I still having way. fun. I don't know which way we're going. <laughs> oh, it's this way. Okay, and uh, I'll do one one last one. Um, you've got the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. Uh, looking forward to looking forward to that. And oh yeah, you know Pittsburgh, a great team, um, great defense, uh, they, offense, defense, and special team. Um, you know, they're a great team. Uh, we just got to go out there and seriously, one one last one. How, how long more do you think you can do this I for? don't know. I take one week at a time, one day at a time, one year at a time. As um, long as I feel good and continue to play yeah. and be able to train all season, uh, if I feel like I want to play, I play. Hey, man, congratulations and thanks again. All right, thank you. Is there anyone here who questions whether or not Frank Gore's a Hall of Famer? You know the right answer is to say no. But I just want to know if anyone honestly wants no. to try and challenge it. No, I mean... <laughs> He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Is that as important it's for not a as running important back? for a, back, a running so, back as a but, quarterback, I, I'd yeah. say. Um, 
So, I mean, I think the, the stats speak for themselves. Um, you quoted them over breakfast um, <laughs> repeatedly. And, um, Ninth all-time in all-purpose yards. I think combi- Currently seventh all-time in rushing yards. Combining all that with the fact that he has been a fairly model pro throughout the career. Um, he's not been on maybe some of the most stellar offenses anyway, but he's still gotten it done. More often than not, he's had to carry offenses. And he's still got those numbers even when he's you know facing eight or nine in the box. Um, so, yeah, for those reasons, I would not... Um, argue for one second that he's uh, he wouldn't be worthy of, of being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's Ben Mortimer with the right answer. He's an intelligent guy and a great travel agent, and you should definitely book with him at all times. I love him. We say that already, but you know when he says things like Frank Gore should be in the Hall of Fame, it just really backs up our feeling about that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Jamal Charles should be in the Hall of Fame? I think he's probably because of the uh, injuries. I love watching Jamal Charles run. He's one yeah. of my favourite backs of the last kind of ten years or so. I think the injuries have Frank scuppered. A, I said one of. Okay, sorry. Uh, injuries have scuppered what could have been a Hall of Fame career I don't think he probably even quite sits on the borderline there's guys who do really who you look at and you say that's a borderline Hall of Famer I don't think he's even up in despite the yards per average run being the highest they are insane it's 5.4 now I think because of how he's not how he's been running for Denver or not been running for Denver. I mean, I'm sure there are people who would fight his corner and say that he is. I think that the the lack of consistency, I think it's a combination of lack of consistency, but also you've either got to be a guy who, like Frank Gore, comes out and is great at the position for 10, 12 years or whatever. 13 years. Uh, 13 years he's been in in the NFL. Nine straight thousand-yard seasons. You don't have to quote Frank Gore stats at me. (laughs) I do when you say that he's only been in for 10 to 12 years. great for 10 or 12 of them. That's what I was saying. Are you saying he's not great for Indianapolis? Look, Let's move Why are you on. being mean about Frank Gore? <laughs> I, I love him. He's my new friend. <laughs> Stop it. Should we hear from Jabal, Jabal <laughs> Sheer? Um, you've either got to be that or you've got to be yeah. LT. You've got to be uh, TD where it's a consistent... Like, mm. There's that four, three, four-year period where you're just the very best and nobody can touch you. And I think Adrian Peterson probably falls into that sort of model even though he's also approaching mm. the, the longevity thing at this point as well. But... Yeah, I, I don't think Jamal Charles quite falls into either of those. He kind of falls into that grey area between them, unfortunately. Probably a conversation for an off-season pod. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because if you're actually impeded by injuries that are not necessarily your fault, how do you judge? I mean, you have to actually compartmentalise the career or, or look at averages and look... And, and I think, you know, if if you have... Is the maid coming in? Hello? <laughs> um, there was knock- definitely a knock at the door. Someone's knocking on the door. Uh, sorry. Oh, uh, no, thank you. About 45 minutes or so. And not right now, but about 45 minutes. Is that okay? About an hour? Please, yes. Okay. Gracias. Gracias. Uh, oh, are we just leaving? This is that? definitely live from Houston. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Uh, <laughs> that's really thrown me. Um, yeah, let's hear from Jabal Sheard. Yeah. Uh, a man who obviously won a ring in this very stadium at NRG just eight months ago something like that nine months ago yeah. uh, which is where you first went with this conversation Ollie you've got fond memories of this stadium right Through. a couple a couple of memories yeah a little bit <laughs> this isn't the same locker room though is it did you did you think about that or, or haven't you realised I, th- I don't think it is yeah it was a locker in the middle I kind of remember yeah. that I, I don't know uh, yeah we came I knew we came a different way inside the stadium uh, but I mean I do remember the stadium I do remember <laughs> the, the feeling uh, it's a feeling I got to get back to how impressed were you with the rest of the defense today and uh, stepping up and closing out the game, and especially with your fumble uh, at the end? Uh, happy, man. Those guys, 
Secondary bust the ass, man. They gave it all. Uh, up front, we rushed the best way we could. I mean, I guess a good off of the lineman, uh, a, a, a league quarterback, a guy that's won some games in the league. Uh, I mean, I think they did a good job of slowing us up, and, and we just kept fighting. Uh, Ted Monacino is uh, your defensive coordinator here. How different is he to Matt Patricia back in New England? A lot less uh, F-U words. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, man. Uh, they're both uh, good coordinators, man. Put you in position to make plays, man. And uh, That's pretty much it. <laughs> that was the right answer, I think. He's got cameras and uh, microphones everywhere. Um, uh, you've got the Steelers next week uh, going up against Ben and uh, Lev and, and all of those guys. Looking forward to that matchup? Yeah, man. Obviously, big game, man. Um, big game for us. Uh, looking forward to always looking forward to playing the Steelers, man. They, they're a great team. They play good football. You got to go out here and fight. Hey, listen, thanks so much. I know you'd like to get ready and get changed, <laughs> yeah. but uh, cheers, pal. Why are you from England? Yeah, yeah, man. Came all this way to see uh, Sean Watson. He's not here. We got to see you instead. That's better. <laughs> that was Jabal Sheard uh, from the locker room. Now, was I, it the same locker room, though, Ollie? That's the big question. I still don't know. I, don't th- I think it was. Either way, it was a far shabbier version of the Patriots locker room. So, I don't know. I think they've done some modifications to turn it into an away locker room rather than a Super Bowl locker room. Anyway, that's by the by. I don't think anyone else asked that question about him returning to the stadium and, and having a good day, which is weird, isn't it? I mean, a bit of a pat on the back for me. But, oh. um, yeah, strange, strange. I like to know. He loved it. He loved you. That, that was what was apparent from that interview, if nothing else. Thanks, mate. What um, do you mean, if nothing else? <laughs> uh, it was your highest journalistic quality. I'm sorry, Ollie. I didn't mean to in any way whoa, question whoa, whoa. you Why are you being in any like shape this? or form. What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, we've talked a lot about a Texans-Colts game, which might uh, actually have no impact on the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. um, whereas, actually, Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy were in New Orleans to see the Saints go from a, an 0-2 team to a 6-2 and two team. Six straight wins on the bounce. Ollie, have any teams done that before? I, I think that maybe Simon Clancy and Matt Sherry may have said it, but if they, they didn't, didn't... I've asked them on WhatsApp, so I know they didn't give this stat, which is why I threw to you to give it. Thanks for peeling back the curtain on that particular piece of production. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've gone six games in a row after going 0-2, Ben, and uh, the only two teams to have done that in, in the Super Bowl era have both won the Super Bowl. Can you name those teams? No, you can't. It would be ridiculous if you could. The 0-7 Giants. I, I wanted to see if he could. You put, well, I'm just, I'm just going to th- throw a dart at the moment. I don't know. It, it was, it, I, don't, I don't think the Ravens have done it. Um, no. So I'll give you the 0-7 the Giants. The 0-7 Giants. Okay. And it's a team in the 90s. Um, that makes it painfully difficult. How? The... 99 Rams uh, if he got it I would have been really it would have been, it would have been a 1 in 10 shot but it would have been amazing it was the 93 Cowboys Okay. so the 07 Giants the 93 Cowboys and now the 2017 Saints the first two won a Super Bowl are this Saints team really going to be in that sort of consideration uh, we'll take a little break and then we'll go to the guys and hear their thoughts plus from Marshall and Lattimore plus from Alvin Kamara what a beastly season he's having so uh, here's the Simon Clancy Matthew Sherry mini pod Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. 
Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, waving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. Uh, so here we are in a uh, hotel room in New Orleans, uh, gridironed to Matthew Sherry alongside myself, Simon Clancy. Uh, and we've been in the US on our sort of our extended Deep South tour for a few days now. We started uh, separately to uh, Will and Ollie and the rest of the group uh, because we've been doing a number of feature pieces that you'll see in upcoming issues of Gridiron Magazine. Uh, and we started in Deep Georgia, deep rural Georgia, in a little town called Cartersville, where we went to see the number one rated high school quarterback in the nation, Trevor Lawrence, who is a uh, budding superstar, signed with Clemson, so we should be seeing him uh, big-time college football over the next three or four seasons. Matthew, what were your impressions of, of what we saw down there and, uh, and the, the atmosphere and how you know we've seen it and we've heard it for years that, college, that high school football is, and SEC football, but especially high school football is a, a religion down here in the South. What, what were your impressions? It was it was incredible. I mean, we obviously you, you know what you're going to get, but to to actually see thousands of people in the stands watching watching high school games and speak to a guy who kind of carries the hopes and dreams of a whole town on his shoulders, a 18 year old kid, and has done since he was 16, is is just one of the more remarkable things that you'll ever see. And we we actually spent the whole day with the op- with the opponent before the game and we were in the locker room before the game. And and I think I said to you at one point, Simon, this is like a professional sports team set up and that, to me, is the big takeaway. And it, I've seen it at other high schools in the past, but to actually be there on game day and, and have that insight behind the scenes was was incredible and it is incredible that the kind of level of performance and coaching and and just on Lawrence himself I mean fair to say he didn't have the best game compared to his usual standards for the one we were at but I think the opponents did a good job of shutting the passing game down and and Cartersville still won the game because they have a great running back as well but I mean it's stunning how fast the ball comes out of his hands. I mean, we'd been told that and haven't been up close seeing NFL quarterbacks and also on the sidelines briefly for Alabama LSU on Saturday. I would say that the velocity with which the ball comes out of his hand is as good as anything I've seen at, at any level. And you can see why we met one guy who suggested he'd seen a show where they'd said this kid might be the best high school quarterback of all time. And you can see why people are saying that. When he is six foot five, he is absolutely ripped. And we uh, we'd interviewed the head coach, uh, Coach Kent, and then uh, oh, sorry, Coach King, and then the uh, uh, quarterback coach uh, Michael Bell came out to chat to us. And all of a sudden, Lawrence, who they they tried to kind of keep away from us in terms of doing an interview, only because he was preparing for the game, came out of the locker room to, to talk to us, uh, which was great. And and it was like a it was like one of those episodes of Game of Thrones where the huge giant comes out of the. Uh, <laughs> comes out from behind the, the the great wall and you just I had to take a step back and kind of look up I'm you know I'm not small and you're not small and he towered over both of us but what an incredibly impressive human being and like you said that that the whip that the ball comes off his hand is absolutely phenomenal and that running back you mentioned Rico Fry he's uh, committed to uh, to Wake Forest he looked a, a really really fine player looked a little bit like Mark Ingram 
Um, and even even the team they played against Troop County had three or four, you know, division one, proper Division One. King Recruiter, who's a defensive end, who's signed to Alabama. Um, interior defensive lineman, who's who's only a only a sophomore, but has already had, you know, thirty or forty different um, letters of intel recruiting, uh, you know, offers from you know proper big time schools: Miami, NC State, North Carolina, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, LSU. It's phenomenal to see, really, wasn't it? It was a it was a great evening. And then from there we went um from there we went into the heart of SEC college football and to the the I suppose the the home of college football currently with the with the Alabama Crimson Tide defending national champions from two years ago, lost the uh, national championship the, the BCS title game last year against uh, against Clemson, and to the heart of Tuscaloosa and Bryant Denny Stadium and and again a, a different experience but but what an experience. Yeah, I, I think my. I mean, everybody tells you how the NFL can't replicate college football and the certain elements that they could just never replicate. And, and having never been to a college game, I kind of got what they were saying, but thought, well, I'm not sure I fully believe that. But now I do fully believe it. I mean, the atmosphere inside that stadium was 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 better than Super Bowls, I thought. And it was like a, nothing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it's it's the pageantry and everything else, and it creates such a unique atmosphere. But also the atmosphere around the stadium was incredible. I mean, we arrived seven, eight hours before kickoff, and already the tailgate is three-quarters full. We went to a little barbecue joint a couple of miles away that is basically making about twelve to fifteen thousand dollars on game day and it's a tiny place built by the hands of a guy in nineteen sixty two family business and and you get that those kind of stories sell this whole kind of experience of of what it is and it, it's awesome to say i mean college towns are always fun but to actually see it on game day with every person dressed as the dressed and the atmosphere inside the stadium is is so unique and I'd urge anybody who'd never done it and, and does these kind of trips maybe with touchdown trips to, to add college and, and high school onto it because that is really the, the, the heart of the game and, and please buy the next issue of the magazine because I think we're more excited about the next issue than we have been any other. I mean, the um, both of us have been lucky enough to go to you know major sporting events around the world. You certainly Super Bowls, myself, you know heavyweight title fights, Ryder Cups, all those sorts of World Cups, Olympic Games. I, I've never, and I, I even think London 2012 inside the Velodrome and on Super Saturday, which I was lucky enough to be. I, I think the atmosphere for for Alabama LSU tops all of that, which is an astonishing statement to make. The noise. And you know, we were sat there talking. We, we took some photos, some videos, and things. None of which do it remotely, remotely justice. I mean, probably about fifteen minutes before kickoff, they started to they, they played "Sweet Home Alabama" over the PA, and the noise of it being sung is it's just insane. And you, for, for those of you that watch, certainly that watch college football and have watched college football for a long time, CBS use a sort of an image shot, an overlay shot of their opening titles, which is people shaking those kind of little pom-poms in the air and everybody does it rhythmically. The whole stadium, certainly the whole Alabama side, did that to the tune of Sweet Home Alabama. It's just insane to yeah. watch. And then luckily enough, we're obviously we're in the press box and the, the press box is open. So again, that's an incredible experience, this open press box. We were sat on the 45-yard line looking down on this absolutely pristine field. And then with about, I suppose with about eight minutes to go, and Alabama kind of comfortably two touchdowns ahead, we went down to do the interviews into the locker room. But before you do that, you go onto the sideline. So I suppose once we got down there, we were down on the sideline for the last five or six minutes, which in itself is an incredible experience. But there was a couple of plays, and certainly one play in particular, wasn't there, that came 
right to us. Yeah. And it underlines the incredible level of hitting power, speed of big defensive linemen, and just the force with which quarterbacks are taken to the floor. I mean, Matt, just explain what happened. Yeah, I mean, the the, the quarterback rolled right, and then the, there's just this huge takedown in front of you. And the, the thud felt like it was as loud as anything that you heard in the stadium. And, and the quarterback just gets back up and gets on with the next play. And to me, the, the best thing about the whole thing was the fact that within 24 hours of each other, we stood on the sidelines at a high school game. And then we did the same at a college game. Now, the high school game, my big takeaway was these elite Division One players, of which there were several on the field, were just so much bigger and better than everybody else. I mean, there was an insane level of difference between King, the guy you mentioned, who was off to Alabama, and, and, and other guys. And it's men against boys, basically. Then you go 24 hours later on the college field and you're like, oh... So this is everybody that size, you know, everybody's the same, they're all the big athlete. And then my big takeaway from that is, then you get to the NFL level, and you're talking maybe on that, on that field, on that play, 22 guys. Now it's Alabama LSU, so you've got more on NFL talent on that field than you would most. But even so, you're probably looking at, at most, having eight, nine top, well not top, but good NFL players on the field. So even then, you're aware that it moves on another level next time. And for it to move on another level is insane to me because we, we walked, as the players walked off the field, kind of walked through them all. And these are enormous, enormous men. It's just insane. We obviously were keen to talk to some of the players afterwards and unfortunately Minka Fitzpatrick, who we hoped would come down and, and talk to us, was injured so so wasn't able to. But we sat in with Coach Saban uh, and Matt, you spoke to one of the Bama offensive linemen, the, the, the quotes of which you'll see in the magazine. Uh, Ron, I spoke to Ronnie Harrison, the, the, the good-looking defensive back. But like you say, you know, you look at both sides of the ball, even though LSU lost, you're looking at Arden Key, who had an excellent game, will be a, a high NFL pick in, in next year's draft. DJ Chark, the receiver. Um, Darius Geis, obviously the running back, should go in the first round and then with, with Bama you know pick them really you know, both sides of the ball offensive and defensive you look at Calvin Ridley who had an excellent game yeah. uh, and, uh, and Matt and I had a discussion about Jalen Hurts a true sophomore you know has won a national championship uh, sorry has um, been in a national championship and uh, you know, did pretty much everything he could to win that national championship his team is now 8-0 9-0, 9-0 this season now. Um, he's going to be a fascinating conversation when it comes to the, to, to, to the NFL in two years' time. I, I, I would hope, and I think Alabama fans would hope, that he sees out his full eligibility, but he's a, a very, very intriguing prospect. Uh, and then yesterday, we, we hopped in the car yesterday morning. We stayed in Meridian, Mississippi. After We drove about an hour from, from, uh, from Tuscaloosa after it was all over, after we left the locker rooms left the field and we drove here to New Orleans to the Superdome to see uh, the Saints lay the wood on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers really which was um, wasn't the best game uh, we've seen but a fascinating game probably in part kind of sparked by uh, sparked by two rookies really I suppose in a way one Alvin Kamara uh, the the outstanding rookie running back who if you'd read the gridiron draft preview and it's still available to buy uh, on the website you it's can uh, not, we it's that. not we sold out there you go it was so good we sold out um, but I'm sure I can photocopy a few pages and send them to you. Um, we were very high on both uh, Latimore and Kamara. Kamara fell to the third round, sort of inexplicably, really, an uh, underclassman at the University of Tennessee. But um, he had a terrific game and, uh, and just fits the new breed of the NFL, Matt, doesn't he? Yeah, he's perfect. He, um, 
he might actually be a better inside runner than Ingram as well, which is which is pretty incredible because Ingram's a a really good inside runner, and you look at Kamara as more of the passing back. But actually, they rotate them a lot on earlier downs, and and you could see a situation where Kamara gradually overtakes Ingram in the job share, and Ingram maybe becomes more of a a goal line power back type, but. The point is that you can change that week to week because they are such complementary guys. And he is, I mean, I, I spoke, I asked Sean Payton after the game, just how impressed has he been with these rookie guys? And his response was, well, we're not putting them in the Hall of Fame just yet. But he also went on to speak about that class, and I think they're all pretty excited. And that all kind of rounded into my big takeaway, which I felt like at times, particularly after the Evans hit, and particularly early in the game, there was a playoff-like atmosphere in that stadium. It was another really loud stadium. I mean, 100-plus decibels at several points. But I think that's because the fans know that they, after three years of 7-9, and nine, suddenly they have a team that can compete again and maybe compete at the back end of the playoffs as well. Well, let's hear from Avin Kamara, who I spoke to in the locker room, and I started by asking him, asking him how, he's, how he's taken to the NFL so quickly and why he's performing at such a high level. I mean, like I said, it's just a support from my teammates. Um, starting with, I mean, the offense, of course. I mean, Drew, he helps me, I mean, so much, you know, just being able to get me just settled in, you know, to the offense and, and the different schemes that we have. Uh, Mark's been big with helping me um, from a running back standpoint, um, just with reads and, and things like that, pass protection, anything, you know. So it's been, it's been, it's been pretty easy. The O-line's playing great. I mean, they're encouraging me, so, I mean, I'm just blessed to be able to be in this situation that I'm in. Is that relationship between you and Mark, is that like an older brother, younger brother kind of thing? Yeah. He's got your back and looking at you. Yeah, yeah, period. And it's, I mean, it's, it goes both ways, you know. I mean, I'm right there. I'm his biggest fan when he has the ball, and I think it's, it goes the same way the other way. So, um, you know, just having him, like, I mean, he's a he's a vet, you know, and he, he, he knows, you know, what, what's going on, and just to have him to help me has is, is been big. And despite how well you're playing, is the game slowing down every game that you get out? Yeah, I mean, every every game, you know, every week I'm just learning more and more, so it's, it's slowing down, you know, I'm able to make some plays. Like, I know it's some plays that I'm making now that I wouldn't have been able to make, you know, the first two, three games of the season, so it's definitely been fun. And you talked there about the, the Evans hit. That was a, a specific play that sort of, uh, caused a, a bit of a brawl on the sideline, really. And, uh, and I suppose it's an indictment of Dirk Cutter as a coach who seems to be falling apart. His team seemed to be falling apart, the seams. Uh, what happened was that Marshawn Lattimore, who's developed into already one of the premier, if not the premier, shutdown corner in the NFL this season, um, on a deep out route to, to Deshaun Jackson, the ball was overthrown. and uh, Or the ball was... Uh, ball, yeah, the ball was overthrown, well incomplete. And, and Lattimore, as Jackson sort of ran the rest of his route and kind of came to a stop, Lattimore sort of shook his finger at him um, as if to say, you know, not this isn't, you're not going to catch any balls on me, son. Turned around and walked back up the sideline towards the line of scrimmage, to which Jameis Winston, who'd already was out of the game with an injury, and they were already trading 30-3 to at this point. You know, they were getting hammered. Winston starts jawing at Lattimore and goes up behind and sort of pointing, almost like he's pointing at the scoreboard, but I don't know why, unless he's just pointing to say, look how, look how horrendously bad we are. But, uh, and as he does so, he then pokes Lattimore in the back of the helmet, which Lattimore turns around and, and gives, gives Winston, you know, a gentle push, a bit of a love tap, nothing too hard. 
and they sort of get into a bit of a verbal and a couple of the Tampa players come around um, come around Winston as if to defend him and all of a sudden from nowhere Mike Evans with a head of steam probably has run sort of 20-30 yards absolutely delivers a knockout blow to Lattimore from behind knocks him off his feet and then there's a kind of a bench clearing brawl how, how Evans isn't suspended uh, isn't ejected from the game I mean even Evans once the, once the penalty's called and there's no ejection looks as if to say wow I got away with one there that was a um, that was a pretty dirty play. Afterwards, I, I also caught up with Marshall and Lattimore. Not nearly as uh, as um, as much of a, a raconteur, shall we say, as Alvin Kamara. But we got a few questions with him, and here's here's what he had to say. Man, after that, man, it was just a fight, man. After he did what he did, you know, it was just a fight, you know, all game. So you know, I try to you know get hype a little bit. So how glad were you that Devontae, you know, came to? Help oh, him? that's my guy, man. If anything happened, I got him. You know, I love that. You know, just just him coming out of, out of nowhere. I was over there by myself, so just to see him, you know, react the way he reacted, you know, I love that. And if he got to find, I'm gonna help him. So. Holding him to ten points. What was working for y'all uh, all day? Man, we just lock 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 him down, man. That's, that's all we gotta do. Just play physical, you know, be tougher than they are, and just you know, perfect our, our scheme against them. So and that's what we did. Did, did you think Mike was gonna get ejected? I really didn't care. I, I wanted him to play, so it don't matter. What were you and Winston saying to each other that, that led to him shoving you? No, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to say like what was going on. But, you know, he just puts me in the back of my head, so I reacted. So. How's it feel now winning six in a row? It's great. It's great. It's great. I love that, you know. Just coming from a winner program, you know, like Ohio State, you know, you just enjoy the wins. You know, you're not really used to losing like that. And so those first two games, you know, I had to get my mind right, you know, just come prepared, you know, every week. You know, that's what we've been doing, everybody as a whole, you know, from offense and defense. What do you think you've learned about the defense in this six-game stretch that maybe you, you didn't know earlier on the year? Everything. Just getting better at everything, all the calls and just knowing where I got to be and where my help is and just things like that. So. How have you been able to settle in so quickly into the position of players? <coughs> I mean, I've been doing it. You know, I've been playing at a high level at Ohio State. You know, a lot of people try to say we don't go against, you know, top receivers and all that. But, you know, they prepare us for the NFL just like any other program. And, you know, I'm just trying to showcase that every Sunday. But you found it, the step up hasn't been difficult for you to, for you to master? Uh, no, I'm good. Man. I'm just go out there and play my game and play for my guys. So. Somehow, all in all, it's been uh, an interesting few days. We we uh, we watched the Dolphins last night uh, lose to the to the. Um... <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm only joking. It's been an interesting few days, uh, and we are off to Scuba, Mississippi, to the home of East uh, East Mississippi Community College. So, if you've ever seen the Netflix show Last Chance, you we're going to spend a couple of days down there with the guys. Uh, in scuba, which we're really looking forward to. Then back for a couple of high school playoff games, including uh, Isadora High, which are the uh, the high school of Peyton, Archie, Eli Manning, and uh, Odell Beckham. And then LSU Arkansas, uh, Dallas Atlanta, which we're both looking forward to, really looking forward to, especially if Ezekiel Elliott gets to play. And then Monday night, it's Carolina against uh, who are they? Oh, against the Dolphins. <laughs> so yeah, all in all, it's been a great. Uh, a great uh, few days so thanks for for hooking up with us guys in in new orleans here and let's uh, let's get back to will and ollie thank you matthew sherry thank you simon clancy simon clancy taking the lead on that from a uh, hosting perspective and i feel like that was the sensible option uh just I think everyone just thinks general. that's a sensible option <laughs> i'm of course kidding it sounds like they're having a great time in new orleans and we're going to be meeting them there i think now on wednesday they're, they're popping off to doing something tuesday night i'm not quite sure what they're going to scuba on tuesday night Scuba dive? No, 
to the town of Scuba. Okay. <laughs> which is where... It's not, that's something that I would say. <laughs> Last Chance You. Which is where Last Chance You, uh, the first two seasons of, was filmed. They're going to go and visit uh, Miss... Oh, what's the... The, the East Mississippi East Mississippi that's it I know it was a Mississippi team but I couldn't remember which one big fan of the series are you Will? I've watched both <laughs> I've watched both seasons and I was more of a fan of the first season yeah um, but yeah they're going off to visit East Mississippi see how it's developed since last year and maybe do a bit of a feature for the magazine but we're meeting them in New Orleans later this week so they'll be joining us on the show later in the week tomorrow we're going to be doing the BOD the bus pod mm-hmm. the, the bus cast what was the other one? Pod bus, but <laughs> pod bus. <laughs> bus, it was bus pod or pod bus. No, wait, bus cast. It was bus cast. Uh, so we'll have a video tomorrow where we're going to break down all the rest of the week nine games. Plus, we're going to have a chat with some of the guys on the tour, get some questions from them, have a wander up and down the bus, speak with Ben again, obviously, uh, and uh, we'll get into a lot of the others. But should we just do Sunday night football now because we were live on Talk Sport with this game last night? And just break really down a little bit. a really grotty ESPN studio, wasn't it? It <laughs> when, was like the studio knew, hadn't been used ever before. <laughs> when we knew, we, well, not since the 80s. Yeah. When we knew we were going to use the ESPN studios, Ill. we were like, this is going to be great. And then it smelled a little bit of stale smoke. It's it, like when you stay in a motel that's, and you get given a smoking room by accident. It looked musky on the pictures. <laughs> yeah. and the, the, wall, the walls were that, they weren't always that brown, were they? That was they not a filter. Uh, I can tell you that for nothing. The carpet was on the floor and the walls and I think maybe the ceiling as well it that's, was, that's an old school technique of, oh, of soundproofing it was horrible from like the 80s it was but we had a lot of fun broadcasting yeah, the game yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, always doing it with Greg as well we hope people who tuned in enjoyed it uh, as much as we did um, but the game itself the best Sunday night game of the season yeah, and you needed that because you'd felt really disillusioned with <laughs> the uh, why have I agreed to do editions. this job oh my goodness and not another crap game but yeah it was a really I think we thought it was a better game than some of the guys that I spoke to on on the tour at breakfast today. Uh, well, two I don't of know them were Dolphins thought. fans, so that's probably why. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, good um, point. But I, I enjoyed it too. I mean, yeah. I think, um, uh, and some, some of those comments may also have been because it had been a long day and everyone was pretty tired. But um, I thought that, um, no, it was, it was entertaining on both sides. Uh, I thought that um, certainly having viewed Matt Moore's ineptness or ineptitude against the Ravens um, that Jay Cutler was definitely a step up for the Dolphins back behind centre yeah, again I thought he was really good uh, he looked actually quite sharp um, awake uh, good uh, in, in 34 his, of 42 in the end yeah. 311 yards three touchdowns uh, I not thought, a bad day I thought that you know, we were lucky to see a couple of catches of the season yesterday uh, oh. obviously Dawson for Washington but then yeah, Devontae uh, uh, Devontae Parker I, I, was, I was nearly say Devontae Adams with Devontae Parker but uh, Devontae Parker just that that sideline which obviously being on my fantasy team did actually push me back into contention um, so that was amazing to see um, and uh, obviously Cutler just loves Parker there, there was there was some of the there was some great plays because obviously Jarvis Landry now has the most catches of anyone through their first four seasons um, sort of saying he's the reason you shouldn't play PPR leagues he's the proof because it's just all short yardage but yeah. I think they really got back to what they did really well with Gase last season the kind of a lot of screens a lot of shorter stuff a lot of I, I, I really really enjoyed watching that Dolphins offense go it was interesting to see the, the balance in the backfield Kenyon Drake getting a couple of big plays Williams getting a lot of the carry but then Drake had the fumble we had the the onside kick surprise onside oh, kick which what a was, great kick which was great we had hashtag kit watch we had the Indomitian Sioux strip sack oh. where he basically 
uh, supermaned around the corner, managed to get a hand on the ball, and then ran back round to try and tackle the lineman who had been flipped up into the air and landed on Sue's leg. Helicoptered. Uh, he was genuinely helicoptered in the air, and he put out an absolutely amazing tweet. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name now. That's the worst uh, part of this, isn't it? Um, but he... Marshall Newhouse. Marshall Newhouse, that was it. And Marshall Newhouse put out a tweet this morning, which is a screenshot of him in midair flying through the air, and it just said, like, whoa <laughs> or something like that. Oh, let me it have a look at that. absolutely That's superb. Really, really funny. Um, which I think if you're on the winning team, you can get away with tweeting something like that. Uh, but a double fumble, a brilliant <laughs> strip set. Strip set. Go, <laughs> help! <laughs> That's it, help! <laughs> I like the way you spelt it, help. Help, yes. Uh, <laughs> Look at That's, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, I told you. That's great. Um, Alonso, by the way, making a really great tackle there after having an absolute <laughs> shocker of a game in coverage. Jared Cook had a great game. Having him on toast, didn't he? Finished 27-24, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so I, you know, it was a fun game, if not the best overall quality of football. There was just so much contained in it. So Sunday night football. If you're going to watch you went something to a really great bar, this week, didn't we did. We, we were watching it in a place called Lucky's downtown in in Houston, and uh, it was a. Um, sort of classic uh, college dive bar um, with loads and loads of Astros flags everywhere, and, and they seem to be there seem to be people that probably hadn't left since the World Series that were still sitting at the bar. Um, they were re- dive. They bar. were replaying the World Series. Yeah, it's, it had the flip cup at the back. It had we were playing the the hoops challenge or the basketball stuff, and uh, you know there was they were big on shots and things like that. So so that was a good place to watch. And there was also some soccer fans watching the uh, the Houston playoff game as well next door. So that was uh, added to the atmosphere. Oh, dynamite. Um, but and we had we've got a couple of Raiders fans with us so they they obviously enjoyed the game and um um, you know, I think uh, Marshall Lynch enjoyed the game as well. That was, yeah, Marshall uh, Lynch coming back from suspension, couple of big runs, looking yeah. a bit. Long. He had he that one, he had that one series where he had the 14-yard uh, third down completion, and then the 22-yard mm. touchdown run on the same series, and another short completion for a for a first down where you were like, oh, there's Marshall Lynch. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten he could play football properly. But I di- I saw a tweet and I. F- I forget who it's from, where it was obviously going to be a pass play. He knew it was a pass play. He did nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think he was set, uh, set out as a wide receiver, basically just stood because he knew the ball was going to go to the other, the opposite side of the field to him. He did what Jay Cutler did on that wildcat <laughs> play in London. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that was designed to Jay Cutler, didn't he? Um, but I think, uh, you see, in the first touchdown he scored and they were doing the handshake with the, the handshake, 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 and then Lyman just comes in and nails him against the back of the end zone. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, let's go and find that, Ollie. We can talk about that tomorrow. Um, So, uh, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, As the Gridiron Show with Touchdown Trips, Ben Mortimer, bringing an excellent dry wit to the show today. Well, I'm I'm just going to check back on my last fact because I actually may be confusing that with the Seattle game now. Think about it. So, I'll uh, I'll have to go back and review that. That's uh, that's fine. We can get we can get back to it tomorrow. uh, ben, uh, where, so just remind us where we're we off to next. We're dry today. We're off to the space centre. Yeah, we're going, we're going to. A, a, well, I'm taking um, I don't know about a dozen people on a tour of NRG Stadium in about an hour. Um, so that starts. I've got to meet them in in half an hour, and we're going to go and see the locker rooms and, and the, the bowels the, of the stadium. The bowels on, of the stadium. We got on, we got on the field yesterday after the game. Took a couple of photos. It's really it's it's a great stadium from pitch from field level. It's a really good looking. Yeah, stadium. they've got that retractable. Um, 
they've got the uh, the the retractable uh, pitch, haven't they? That they can move in and out. Um, so that should be good. Get some pictures in the in the uh, on the on the fifty yard line, and then tomorrow we get a bus to New Orleans, and we're stopping for burgers in um, Lafayette, Louisiana, on the way. Oh, we'll do the boss or the bod or the bus cast or whatever. The bus cast, yeah. Um, and uh, and then we're off to New Orleans, where we'll have three nights of um, fun. <laughs> that's yeah one way of putting it uh, I'm really looking forward to it uh, and do keep checking out and if you want anything Ben is working while he's on this trip so if you need to book something up for this season uh, you want to get out there there are Super Bowl packages now up on the website for example you know, maybe you're an Eagles fan you think this might be your one shot to get back there mm-hmm. then get on and get it booked up uh, touchdowntrips.com Facebook, Twitter etc as well we're on Twitter at Gridiron we'd love to hear from you and we're putting out photos uh, videos everything from this tour as well we might do some live videos uh, if we get the opportunity to uh, Ollie any final thoughts my friend I'm off to the supermarket to get some drugs the, the, the anti-flu drugs right yeah yeah yeah, yeah good yeah. just double checking uh, otherwise thank you very much for listening it's been the Gridiron Show